0: Welcome to the Entry Proof Podcast. My name is Drew. I am not Drew, also known as Brian. Brian, who we all love. Uh, he's highly lovable and fairly cuddly. We're here to talk about bourbon and other age spirits, but tonight specifically, we're breaking down Four Roses. And what we really want to talk about is the flavor diversity within Four Roses, because unfortunately, if we're just talking about Four Roses, it kind of gets lost sometimes. It, particularly when it comes to the limited edition releases like heaven hill uh even jim beam especially buffalo trace their limited editions you know everybody wants those the secondary value on those is crazy but the secondary value on the four roses limited editions with the exception of our friend al young here fairly reasonable fairly reasonable prices And so we want to talk about the amount of flavor diversity, the options, the quality available in the Four Roses line, which if you're sleeping on Four Roses right now, I'm going to spoil this thing. The moral of the story is you should not do that.
1: I would agree. And and again, one thing, we have a little disadvantage tonight. So I don't have yellow label. uh, We don't have small batch. We don't have small batch select. So these are some staple products for Four Roses. Now, we will get into a little bit more of this later on, but I will say. All of those products, they're blends of several of the things that Four Roses put out. Mm -hmm. They're consistent products, and they'll stay consistent anytime you grab those, okay? So what we're looking at tonight are some individual expressions, some that are annual releases, some that kind of happened, and, and that was it when they did. But kind of what Drew was saying, too, regarding these barrel selects, you know, if you like Buffalo Trace store picks, or if you like Eagle Rare store picks, there are going to be varying flavors, but both Buffalo Trace and Riga Rare, they fall same into their pocket, you know. To. Relatively yeah. same age, you know, pocket that you go into. Russell's reserve, kind of the same way. You're seeing a little bit more diversity, but similar age. Now, the, the biggest, widest one we've seen kind of maybe presently, is Knob Creek, right? You maybe have some nine year, get up to some sixteen year. So some age variants. There there are ten different expressions of a four roses single barrel you could get without even talking about age and without even talking about its, re- well, I guess it is a, its recipe, but not talking about age, not even talking about proof.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: there's a lot of variance to it. And so when you're looking for things on the market to drink, it's something, like you said, about sleeping. What's fun is, you know, as people are getting into Four Roses, the stores that will have picks of them, they, they will sell out of them. Yeah. But it is much slower than an allocated product or even a Sazerac mm-hmm. product, it seems like. And so it's one of those products. Price is right the value and age and stuff is right that it's one of those products that anyone in any region i would hope has a shot at coming into some of
0: this yeah no doubt so we're going to talk a little bit about just the foundation of the four roses product line in these 10 recipes we're not tasting all 10 as wonderful as that would be we just don't have time right We do not have time nor do we have the liver power to handle <laughs> all 10 recipes plus some limited editions um, so hopefully some of this is uh, repeat for those of you Four Roses geeks who you're well aware of the product line. You're well aware of the ten recipes. Uh, otherwise, it's still just fun to you know bull crap about bourbon and overview. You know, re- refresher. Consider this a refresher. Absolutely. All right. So let's start with just these simple single barrel products and the ten recipes. What did you What did you pour?
1: What was the the recipe you poured? So this is a release that happened here in Louisville (coughs) maybe two years ago. It was one of the picks they did around Derby time. So this recipe, um, I'll kind of break it down. I mean, again, like you said, I feel like some of this information is hashing it out again. If you are into Four Roses, but for those who are not, yeah, we've
0: already apologized for that. Four
1: Roses have you know they they break it down into two different rye recipes. So they'll have some that has 35% rye, relatively high, kind of like MGP or something yeah. like that. And their low is 20%, which is still relatively high compared to Heaven yeah. Hill or Buffalo Trace. Or yeah, that's like that. higher than
0: Buffalo Trace's quote-unquote high rye mash bill.
1: And so when you're reading a label on a single barrel, depending on if the second letter is an E, in this case, low rye mash bill, or B, in their case, a high rye mash bill, you'll be able to tell, you know, more if it's got more or less fruit or more or less spice, kind of, if you will. Um, and then in those two they each will run through five different yeast strains that they might use and those indicators are a letter at the end of those and one of them might be more herbal one might be more fruity one's richer so we got all these on the tag i'm not going to read through them all you know you can pull up a list of that while we're on the show but this one we're drinking right now is Obsk, so that dis- is described generally as rich in spiciness and full body So, and I didn't know that I was wanting to pour this one because it's high rye and most of the other ones I have out are low, but it also happens to be the lowest proof one that I have out here. So it is, um, aged 11 year and two months. Um, it is a second
0: floor bottle, 52.9%. So in Four Roses products, generally I'm looking for something that's like middle of the road sweetness, uh, relatively creamy and maybe it's just the name, but Four Roses products tend to be pretty floral in terms of the yeah, yeah bourbons that you can you can get. But what's wonderful about the single barrels is there's a, a decent amount of variation between them and then when it comes to the recipes there's tons of variation. Recently I did a tasting of three different of the barrel picks, all different recipes and the, the variation between the bottles was crazy. Then even as you pour this and I brought it to my nose I'm going, this is off profile for what I would think in a Four Roses. Like when I stuck my nostrils in there I'm getting uh, saltwater taffy. Oh, yeah. Was the nose that I got right away.
1: Yeah, I feel like you get a lot of raspberry, too. I feel like that's something I get a lot just in full roses in general. And kind of like you said, too. You know, we don't have the liver power nor have the time to, to taste through all 10 recipes. But in that same sense, too, what's a little bit interesting with full roses is, and with all single barrels, any one single barrel is going to taste a little different than the other. So you could have 10 all of the same recipe, and they might taste a little different. But then also throw in there... That you have varying age you might have a seven year and then you might have as we're going to taste a almost 14 year in here as well and just those variants of itself just give you so much variety of what you might experience so this is again i, I like to if i can find four roses that are north of the 10 year yeah and what characteristic i just always send, tend to find some not but majority of the time in four roses they just have a rich body
0: mm-hmm. and as we
1: talked about on the podcast earlier you guys will listen to at some point in time um that's just something I really like. Yeah, Something's that got discus, good viscosity and yeah. mouthfeel.
0: Yeah, and it's in contrast to a younger whiskey, which tends to be a little bit effervescent. You get so more perfumey, like hairspray kind of. <laughs> I use the term effervescent. It's like uh, LaCroix. As much as I love LaCroix, big fan, huge fan of LaCroix, I don't like that sort of mouthfeel in my whiskey. Like, I want it to be more like candy and syrupy. Um, and Four Roses particularly the Four Roses picks, generally deliver on that because they tend to be well-aged. Like, I, I haven't seen a single barrel, barrel-strength pick under the age of eight years out of <laughs> Four Roses. I've seen them in the seven-year range for the, you know, the 100-proof OBSV picks, but those seem... They're, they're almost like an excuse. Yeah, when I've seen maybe it. one. It's yeah, about it. Yeah. Um, but generally, they're ab- above eight years and... Pretty rad. I get a
1: little pretty bit awesome. of a little bit of oak on the nose too. Like a, it's kind of the more I drink it, the more the more I drink and then go back to nosing it, this it is, comes out a little bit more. What's weird about it, though, I will say, I mean,
0: it is big and spicy. It's spicy in a way. It's it's got some heat. You mentioned the low proof on yeah. this, but it's got some middle of the tongue. You
1: just take. You power. just talked about this a little bit on the the live last night. I feel like <sighs> it it has it has spiciness mixed with like a grassiness that I mean I haven't had. Um, wilderness trail in a long time but it, it some reason makes me think of wilderness trail a little bit and it makes me think of will it a little bit because of that mm. i don't know if it's this kind of like spicy meets grassy
0: profile a little yeah i mean it does i would say this particular dram is reminiscent of that wilderness trail pick i i drank last night on the live stream where it's it's got some oak but it's not heavy oak it's it it doesn't taste like it's been in the barrel for a real long time it's almost similar to like blanton's to me um, that the Blanton's level of age, with that relatively smooth, totally inoffensive vanilla, vanilla kind of sweetness, vanilla and like agave nectar, just really mellow. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but then this one packs a little bit of uh, of heat and a bit more spice on the finish than the Wilderness Trail did. But in general, this is good. Like I mentioned, that nose and that saltwater taffy, which I, I that saltwater taffy does come through a little bit for me.
1: Now on the palate, I feel like, I mean, and I think the reason I lean towards will it is because it does have some herbal, does have it does have some spice. But I think what you're calling um, agave to me, I usually call it like a bubblegum note mm-hmm. and that, mm-hmm. that candy note, which might be carrying over from the the taffy you're talking about in the nose. Not not a huge fan of that note. Like, uh, yeah. when I found the palate, it, it's easy for me to dismiss. Now, I, I can, I will drink this. I, it's not yeah, as it's sweet as a uh, will it, but is not my favorite note to come across.
0: Yeah, that bubblegum is is a pretty solid way of articulating that. But every time I, I go back to the that, nose. The pink double bubble that yeah. you unwrap. In. And it's
1: not that sweet, but you, it is similar. And every time I go back to the nose, though, more oak draws out. In, but it, it's good to sit with. You know, I'd probably sip on it, but I, I think this one was those pours. I'm probably enjoying a little bit more nosing it than I am uh sipping on it
0: i would agree with you i would agree with you and what what, what recipe was that o b s k okay o b s k so the k's i mean if you're reading in the bourbon forums there's a the k's have a uh very loyal following uh it seems like when a k drops people really kind of they flock to that uh, i think that's that? what elliot select was too right o e s k oh i don't i don't know it didn't have it so but them. the uh the f's show up all the time like in wisconsin it's you can almost bank on it being an f that gets dropped interesting yeah so it's like i'm like kind of over f's but k's were really popular but o's i think they're the most rare right the,
1: yeah they're difficult to come across for sure yeah and expect i mean they'll tell you that too in the in the barrel select program that they'll tell you when they might roll them out um it's not is not very often
0: yeah and you that unfortunately we don't know like how different is the one yeast strain over the other? We really have no idea where the yeast strains come from. That's not publicized. So it's like as much as we'd like to be like, oh, this yeast, yeast strain comes from, you know, the this African uh, country where they bake bread in a certain way and this yeast evolved out of that and but we just have no idea. Um, it would be a great interview question, though. Should we ever have Brett Elliott on the, on the podcast?
1: Yeah, which would have been nice. It would have been a hope. To, to have them on uh, while you're in town, but did not happen. Not a big deal. Still plenty I can of time. Come back, maybe I can come back, maybe. Yeah, you're not that far away. You just hate to drive. That's okay. All right. So, so. this is um, we're switching up. So the the OBSK is the only B recipe one that I brought. We're switching to E's now. So, so, lower so rye. These are all a little bit lower ride. This is an OESQ. This is a pick I was fortunate enough to go on with. The Houston Whiskey Society and Whiskey Pete, so I'll put this right here for right now. So this OESQ again, low rye, and then the Q is, is kind of the herbal one. So this says right here that it's fruity, we're thinking red berries, and then medium body. That's really all it gives you. The Qs can be a little weird, I think, at times, and I won't. I won't talk too much about it. I want to see your impression first, and then and then I'll go to yeah. some notes.
0: One of my the pick. favorite whiskeys of the year was a friend's uh, Q. Uh, I think it was O-E-S-Q. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Or it was O-B-S-Q or O-E-S-Q. Obviously, it's only going to be one of those two. Uh, I forget which one. I think it was an O-E-S-Q. Uh, ten
1: year nine, ten year nine month?
0: It was really good. Um, it was so dynamic in its flavor profile. Mm-hmm. It was pretty well-aged, <laughs> well uh, just over 10 years. Uh, but it was really sweet and then had plenty of spice to balance it out. But when I hit this one, like Artificial Strawberry Jolly Ranchers and lots of perfumey, sweet perfumey. Oh, i think
1: it's real sweet like the other one it had nice notes. to me it's got like some vanilla but with an underlying spice so the vanilla comes in it's a little bit more prominent than spice but it does kind of tingle the nostril a little bit if you take a deeper inhale
0: yeah on the palate the sweetness comes through for sure 57.3 the age is also very uh, pronounced. Like for an 11 year, it's like wow, that did spend some time in a barrel, uh, vanilla custard, um, all up in there. Oh, this is—it's a really good. Pay.
1: This is intriguing. So, what? You, talk to me a little bit about what you're getting on the palate before I
0: mm-hmm. kind of go off on a yeah. little tangent. So, I don't get Jolly Rancher. I got some of that strawberry Jolly Rancher, but then I get more uh, vanilla custard. But there is kind of a fruity. Acidity that is uh, around. It's almost like, uh, oh, pomegranate juice. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah, that sounds terribly pretentious, squad, no. <laughs> but I'm
1: trying my best. I mean, it's to got some... It's
0: like those palm, you know, the palm. If you ever had went to the grocery store and got one of those jugs of pomegranate juice, which I did when I was in college and I was trying to be healthy, uh, and that's what it reminded me of.
1: So, one thing I think stands out about this, at least to me, is that almost dries my mouth out it kind of rushes in with some flavor and then just has a real dry finish i don't want to say musty in the same way that i would like a a dusty whiskey but it's it's kind of strange to me so i mean i think it has a lot of um char like characteristics a lot tobacco like characteristics
0: uh i get a suggestion of tobacco I have not had Dusty Whiskey, so I would not be the one to say. I mean,
1: yeah, I mean, it's a little different. So, I mean, I will say this is a this to me was a really quirky pick. Maybe it would have placed differently in the lineup, but maybe it's fine. When, when we were doing the pick for this one and we're going through and doing nosing notes, it wasn't my favorite nose initially, but it was definitely the weirdest palette. Everything else, like maybe it was young, maybe it was too, whatever. This one was just... Super strange. Mm. There's a note. I mean, Nation will end up hearing me talk about it because I, I feel like if nothing else, I have to be consistent with what I call notes. This one brings out a note that I will say I'm assuming is related to barrel char. I'm assuming it's related to toasting of a barrel mixed with age. But I usually in like older Heaven Hills would say it's like band-aid or that it's like iodine. Like there's something, it's not quite a medicinal quality, but in Turkey or older Heaven mm-hmm. Hills, some of the some older in age whiskeys, not necessarily older whiskeys, I find this note, and for some reason, it's just intriguing to me. Hmm. If you don't find it totally, totally cool, I'm might be way, way. Well, I
0: mean, higher. that's one of the reasons we're doing this together. Is yeah, I have owned that. You will pull more out of these whiskeys in all likelihood than I will. Uh, You've also tasted more whiskey than I have. So, like a a point of differentiation that's really important to pull out is that, um, you know, this one is going to be lower rye than that other one. So, we're pulling out more like fruity, you know, sweet, you know, that custard. Which some of that's going to be a product of the aging. That one was slightly older than the other one. But it's also less spicy where that other one was more heat forward. And
1: also interesting too, you know, when I think of rye, I immediately think it's going to be spicier. When I think of spicier, I generally would think drier.
0: So yeah. at least to yeah. me, I find
1: it interesting that this one actually to me is drier on mm. the palate for being low, less rye. Yeah. And, I would, not, I would. That, not that that has to make sense, but just in terms like for you all, if you're tasting things you're like oh if this has a high ride content am, you know is it going to fit my palate if like and, you know if you're a wine drinker you don't like dry wines and so you might think finding whiskey would be similar and it's not necessarily <laughs> no. you know there are good is, dry this good dryness
0: there's bad yeah anyway. definitely so i've seen like over oaked whiskeys really really dry so often i attribute The dryness uh, to age. Um, Sometimes it's just like that. Finish didn't last very long. Whereas that was really viscous up front. said vanilla custard. You swallow and then it's pretty much gone. Where in contrast to that, like Discovery Series uh, from Bardstown Bourbon Company we had earlier today. That sat in my mouth for like twelve years. Mm -hmm. I could probably still taste it now if I burped. You know.
1: (laughs) (laughs) All right. What's next? All right. This is a. I find this a real treat. So this is. OESO. This one came from McAdoodles, which I want to say is in Arkansas. It is 13-year, 10-month OESO. So This is... Um, wow. You do not see picks this old no. that often, let alone um, in OESO. And There are others from this run, too. I've got a, another one from a store um, le- at Lexington slash Cincinnati. That's 13-year, 7-month, same run. Either next barrel or two down, but, yeah, this one is, um, again, 13-year, 10-month, 54.2%. So, also, they're pretty, I mean, they're all pretty low.
0: I didn't yeah, really I mean, bring Fort any Rose of the ones is, that
1: uh, had that a little bit higher proof.
0: Four Roses in general, I mean, they've got that lower entry proof than, uh, like, Buffalo Trace. Or and it's interesting. Or I mean,
1: people get stuck on on tiers, so the last you know, couple of numbers on the front of the barrel will, will indicate indicate tier. And they go one through six. While they do have single floor warehousing, I believe. So, I mean, it doesn't exactly matter where it places. Sure. It, it does still seem to follow. If you're in the tier six, you have higher proofs up in the 120s. Mm. And then the ones that are on tier one are usually right around 100 proof, A little bit, a little bit higher.
0: I have only seen, like, of all the, <laughs> I think I've owned like, 10 different. Uh, barrel proof single barrels, and I've only had one I think that crested 120 proof. The mm-hmm. rest have been in that 110, uh, yeah. 110. Yeah, this one right here
1: that that uh, that we're not going to open is an is an OESO also nine year ten month um, tier five. So it's it's 60.8. Mm. So that just just a bit above 120.
0: Yeah, so we're rocking that E again. So the lower rye mm-hmm. mash bill and then the same. Or, sorry, so so same mash bill as the last one we tasted, but then a different yeast strain. Last one was OESQ, now we have OESO. Yeah, and I apologize. When I read the
1: details for this OESQ, I read OESOs. So OESO is fruity and medium body. The OESQ from before says floral, which you picked a lot of. Banana, refreshing and medium body.
0: I got zero banana.
1: It has acai, though, which
0: is... I said, know, mixed I said pomegranate, Yeah. Which, yeah.
1: There you go. Man, I am good. You're a four at this. roses, man.
0: Yeah. I love four roses. Like uh if you watch my videos, you know that uh Droopy Whiskey or Droopond. Droopy Whiskey is not my name. I love four roses. Uh and there's zero shame in the game. And I may have coursed uh Brian to bring over the Al Young because
1: Snows is delicious. Uh
0: all of these have had quite engaging His noses
1: nose is dessert.
0: I've I've been Shouting a lot of my notes first. I'm gonna let you go first on this one.
1: Yeah, I mean to me, the nose is like it's like a glazed donut. It's so to me sugary and sweet.
0: Mm. I get some blue.
1: Some of that, f- f- that fruit in there too. Would you say some blooms? Bloobs. <sighs>
0: blueberries. <sighs> Man, yeah, but it's just a lot like of a blueberry sweetness. glazed donut like a cake blueberry. Yeah, I want one. Oh, if you want you some blueberry, donuts, no,
1: there's two donut one. shops near here that have really good blueberry so cake That's what we get. Been,
0: house. I, I went to one of the one donut shop that was supposed to be. Good, But I don't remember it was years ago here in Louisville.
1: Man, super sweet. But I don't think all
0: that unlike the OESQ. Uh, Less custardy for me. Uh, It actually reminds me of Eagle Rare. So cherry on the palate um, with a subtle oak for the age. The age is not very pronounced in this. But the proof is really, like it doesn't drink its proof either. It's a really mellow uh, whiskey. Yeah. I hate to use that term, but I mean, the, the heat's not there. There's not a pronounced spiciness. There's a nice uh, uh, brown sugar maple syrup sweetness, and it's good. It's not unbelievable. It's not terribly dynamic, but I love Eagle Rare, too, so there's yep. no judgment here. This is really nice. It's just the other one was, I felt like it had, you, you worked through one. the other one. Yeah, the mm-hmm. OESQ. Yeah, I, that is yeah, this
1: is definitely easier on the palate. But I still, I, I think what is familiar to me are some of those barrel influence notes. Oak, sure, right in the middle, not too much. Especially being almost fourteen years, it's kind of surprising. But it does have some of that. What I pick up is some like that kind of barrel char thing uh, going on. But it just has some good sugary sweetness as well.
0: Yeah, I swear if uh, if I tasted this, yeah, I would I would think it was like Eagle Rare at one hundred and one proof. That's what I would think it was.
1: Mm-hmm almost has like i don't want to get too into it i mean i don't know how, i mean their barrels do get pretty old it, it has a little green quality to it like i don't know how far if you were to look at the staves this whiskey is actually going into the wood but it's kind of pushing on a little bit of that earthy side as well which i would i would expect perhaps at 14 years maybe touching some of that stuff yeah, getting would- some of that natural wood
0: I would expect more at, at 14 years yep. in the oak department than yep. what I'm, I'm getting out of this, which is okay because it's easy to over-oak. So. Uh, but if I bought a near 14-year-old old for Roses, I would expect it to carry a little bit more of that, um, you know, like a toasted barrel kind of finish, right? I'd get none of that. Actually. And, I'm, I mean, and, of course, the, they just present it's not absent um i'd be surprised if i was like man this tastes young at 13 years it's not gonna happen
1: and again i mean it is difficult i'm not gonna lead and not say that but again this i had a friend who hit this was his local store and he said i picked this up do you you want something he was able to (laughs) go back and get more (laughs) so again we're talking about bottles that were all at retail in their stores for, for msrp i don't want to say the same price but msrp i mean this is, a, this is an 80 dollar bottle that happened to be a very rare recipe for yeah. them almost 14 years yeah, old very like rare it's age. you know that, when if you're able to to get these from local stores around you you're, you can you can get great value
0: yeah and the secondary value on these too, i mean is relatively reasonable like if you want to trade somebody if you're like man I can't find a Four Roses Barrel Strength Single Barrel. You can probably find somebody to trade you one, and it's not gonna like cost you some like really high end bottles to do that. You know, you can you can acquire a Four Roses Barrel Strength Single Barrel, and it's a relatively reasonable, reasonable trade value at like a hundred bucks. I mean, that's what they that's what they kind of trade at in Wisconsin. That that almost fourteen year would probably fetch a slightly higher price.
1: Yeah, I think so.
0: So all these different. Single barrels, then, and this is what I love about Four Roses is they put a lot of emphasis on their blending. From the yellow label, which is what that's all ten recipes, I believe right? so. Yeah, and then the small batch is I think four. Four, yeah, okay. So so far <laughs> on the right track, and then uh, single barrel obviously is a single barrel, but the standard but 100 all proof, OBSV, all OBSV is that standard hundred proof, which I like the OBSV recipe. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a big fan of that hundred proof OBSV. And then the small batch select was released two years ago, I think. And they held that as the fourth rose, mm-hmm. um, fourth sort of standard offering they they release. And that is also four. Six. Six, okay. Well, I don't remember what they are. I'm sure Brian doesn't either. But I mean their whole line's built on, hey, we're gonna distill a bunch of different bourbons here, really, because it's two different mash bills, five different yeast strains. So that's going to produce a lot of different flavor profiles. And then we're going to blend the snot out of it to release very stable kind -hmm. of flavor profiles. And then we're going to drop some some really amazing products built on blending to just create amazing flavor profiles. And they do that through their limited editions. And then we can see some real crazy, you know, sometimes what feels like off-profile like we did tonight with that, you know, the single barrel program. Uh, So... That, that's just what I love about Four Roses is there's such variance from product to product um, in the limited edition and the single barrel program, whereas you can go get really solid stuff that they blended for consistency in the standard releases.
1: Yeah, and I haven't, I mean, I finished a bottle and I haven't gotten another one recently, but, and I'm not saying yellow label's not great, and I'm not saying the single barrels or the small batch's not great, but the small batch select is a, is a wonderful model. It's got great complexity and it's got good proof. I want to say it's 103 proof, non-chill filtered, so it's got really good flavor, especially if you like really wanted to step away from Yellow Label or Single Barrel and say, you know, what else does Four Roses, yeah, have to offer?
0: Yeah, I, a different I, flavor profile. I enjoy the Small Batch Select. I it was I wanted a little bit more sweetness uh, and depth to it. Uh, it's very floral. Reminds me of like it, the
1: junior version. Of the 2018 Le, it, like had a lot I... of similar flavors, but like, like like the Stag Junior of 2018 Le,
0: that might be pushing it. <laughs> <laughs> um, before we get into the Le's here, uh, two quick things. First off, Four Roses is a big uh, like to me. They were a pioneer for single barrels, for single barrel picks, like. Um, you know, we who is it that's doing barrel proof picks now that just old Forrester? Oh, yeah. So, old Forrester just dropped their barrel proof picks. But, um, you know, for, for a long time, everybody's as far as bourbon geeks go have pointed to four roses and talking about Elijah Craig picks, talking about old Forrester picks. Um, Bookers would be another example. Like, there are brands that we want to do picks of that we can't get at barrel proof, but we point to Four Roses and we're like, they're doing it, why can't the rest of these brands do it? So I think as far as bourbon geeks go, Four Roses has been providing one of the coolest single barrel pick options for us that's in the in the industry today. Yeah. So I don't know why more people haven't caught on because, I mean, Four Roses picks, well, they generally are around for a few days. You can get one if you want one. They also don't sit on the shelf. It's Correct. not like a Knob Creek pick that might be there or a foolproof 1792 foolproof pick that'll be there for, you know, 6, 9, 12 months later. Right. That's a hot take, I guess. <laughs> you can <laughs> discuss that if you want. Yeah, it's a hot take, but it's not it's not entirely wrong.
1: I mean, I I agree.
0: Something wrong at all. What are you talking about? <laughs> all right, a couple of questions. Um Cameron Badcoe says which four roses single barrel is considered the best? Which which recipe? B or E? Which yeast? Or is it palette specific So, yeah, it's totally going to be palette specific and barrel-specific. Because I've had OESFs that I've been like, meh. And then I've had OESFs that were like, man, this is really, really good. Um, And then, you know, I had an OESQ um, at home a few weeks ago that was unbelievable. Well, the OESQ tonight was also pretty good. Or was that the B? What did we have tonight? The OES. Oh OESQ. Is the okay, so one. OESQs are banging for me right now, but I could also have an OESQ tomorrow that wouldn't. I'd be like, yeah, that's all right. You know, there's just such variation from barrel to barrel. You can kind of be like, okay, the bees are probably going to be a little bit spicier because they're slightly higher rye. We know that um, OESV or O the E low rye profile is going to be slightly less spicy. Okay, so we know this um that's not going to tell us how much oak is in there that's not going to tell us um, you know how much sweetness is in there it's just the quantity of rye which generally yields to level of spice in a flavor profile but not always and then like you add the variability that four roses has in the yeast strains which they provide this guide and they say you know this recipe generally tastes like this this recipe generally tastes like this and those are fine generalizations but they're just not always true like You know, even as Brian and I talk about flavor notes that we taste, you know, our way of trying to describe the bourbon, if you guys were tasting it, you might go like, "Um, yeah, I tasted that and I got none of that. (laughs) Here's what I got. Because tasting is such a subjective experience. And it depends on, you know, what your mood is, what you tasted that day, like how many taste buds you actually have. Like there's such a very, there's such variability in the tasting experience. That it's hard for me to say. It's actually impossible for me to say which Four Roses recipe is the best. I think
1: it's a blessing and a curse, too. You know, because Uh, I think it's, yeah, definitely more blessing. Because you'll, you could, again, as we mentioned earlier, you could hit several that have the same recipe specs and you'll still find some bearing. You might find some stinkers in there and find some Gomans. I I would want to say, if I were to, if I were to pull, if I were to go on to Bourboner, or something like that and try and see i, I would great
0: place to i would
1: assume that people will say oesv or oesk they seem to be pretty popular i think the k is spicy but low ride and um the oesvs generally have um some creaminess and they're they're sweet as well i, I surely think there'll be an influx of people saying oeso because it's it's low and sweet and it's just all fruit and it's all great um but I think OESV and OESK, you'll probably hear a lot of people say they really lean towards one of those two. So, yo, we we'll do the 2019 LE first. Um, one of
0: my favorite pours. So, the 2019 Four Roses Limited Edition Small Batch consists of a blend of the double digit aged bourbons. This includes a 21 year OBSV. That's okay. Ridiculous. 15 year OESK. Fifteen-year OESV and eleven-year OESV, so three low rise and one high rise, and that's the very well aged mm-hmm. twenty-one year. Um, all V's except for the fifteen-year OESK. Hmm. Yeah, so low rise, heavy on the V. Yeah,
1: getting twenty-one year splash in there is
0: that—that's that is one thing
1: I like, and it's going to be fun in regards to going from nineteen and then going into the two thousand seventeen. 50th Anniversary Al Young, that one has some 23 years sprinkled in there. So both of these have some old stuff.
0: Which makes me there. excited to know that Four Roses just has the stuff laying around. Oh, I know. And I'm almost glad that they they released it in blends, too, to try and, like, make a better whole. Because mm-hmm. some of these whiskeys, they get so old, if you were just having that, it's just like, oh, it's going to be, that, fair, gonna be too much. You know, they
1: did a run before the, the 2019... Um, for, for Father's Day, they had put out a couple of barrels of, I want to say, OESV that was around 16 years old, 15 years old or something. And I was super stoked to get one. And when I when I got one and, and tried it, I was really underwhelmed. It was, like, way too easy, too soft to drink. I just expected more from a 15-year OESV. Um, and so it was one of those things that made me wonder. I'm like, oh. I wonder if they do end up having stock that gets old to the point of which it wouldn't be good in a single barrel expression and people like us are super hyped to hear that it's going to go in a blend so they know it's going to sell but it's also maybe a good way to push off juice that otherwise would not have had a good place to go
0: don't like that I like this though I was like oh no oh no yeah. Um, so again, 29, 2019 small batch limited edition, and uh, yeah. Th- so in contrast to the single barrels, it's I don't know if it's just because it's a blend or that it's so well comprised, but man, like there's just you get a set of tasting notes and then another set and then another set. Yeah. Now I have to try and figure out what I'm.
1: A lot of dimension. There's a lot going so on. So
0: good. And yeah. So. When we use the word complex, it's that, listen, some of them are easy to break down. It's like, well, it's vanilla, uh, and then it's a little bit of cinnamon, and it's uh, kind of a clovey finish, and that's it. But then other times, you're like, well, this is fruity and spicy, and it's oaky, and it's hot, but it's also viscous, and that's kind of what <laughs> what is in this particular pour. It's quite good. Okay, let's try and break it down uh buttercream frosting that's one of my favorite notes to pull out is when um really rich sweetness it's like powdered sugar and i
1: really like tasting with you because i again t- tasting is subjective but when you taste with somebody enough and you're tasting the same thing i feel like i'm gonna quickly start to pull up things that you say and how i would translate mm. them like yeah. But I feel like what you're calling buttercream frosting is like really similar to what I would call the salted caramel, mm. um, which is one of my favorite, also one of yeah. my favorite notes to get in stuff, and I find it a lot in older, dusty whiskeys. Um, but yeah, but it has a nice little brightness to it too.
0: Yeah, the, there's some alcohol on this. Like it's it's it it's got some heat, and you get that on the nose, which does make it a little hard to snort sometimes. Yeah, like the, you gotta smell it past the alcohol, which. If you let it sit in a glass long enough, that can kind of dissipate over time. But I'm not going to wait to taste this right now. I'm an impatient man. It's the buttercream frosting sweetness, which then morphs into, like, cherries and raspberries. Yeah,
1: all that raspberry. Uh, Chewy, real chewy body.
0: I get grape, too. Like, almost grape soda. Kind of linger. But, yeah, man. I mean... Four Roses crushes it so hard. <laughs> just like uh, so beam products, you know, I like Bookers. Um I like some Knob Picks have been wonderful. Uh but I don't feel like the drinking experience of a lot of beam stuff matches the just the intricacy it's of Four Roses. Um because of the you know the different mash bills the different yeast strains and then the blending of all that stuff together
1: which it's it's hard to convey sometimes when you could break down a whiskey and perhaps say some of the exact same flavor notes so i would imagine sometimes hearing that it's hard to unless you're experiencing experiencing it like really articulate how it's different but you know this to me it's got some of these like old worn leather kind of notes it's got some real well-placed oak that just kind of sits on the palate if you just don't drink for a little bit yeah it's got some of those good oak i mean to me the pleasing oak tannins that just kind of sit there
0: yeah this is kind of in contrast to that last uh single barrel we had whereas it was dry and then the finish kind of went away this also kind of has a dry finish but it's still they like the flavors are still there and hanging out um, like it leaves my tongue a little bit. Like okay, the age was definitely present there. Like that twenty-one year had an impact on this. The barrel chart definitely um, evident in the finish. Um, but I can still taste the fruitiness, and I still have sweetness in in the palate in the midst of the dry after sensation. It's not really aftertaste so much as after sensation. Mm-hmm. That that was phenomenal. That was really <laughs> a wonderful, wonderful pour. Our next bourbon in this tasting is, uh... well, the most highly lauded Four Roses product of my time in whiskey, for sure. Um, Whereas uh, the 2019 limited edition was highly lauded. I think 2016 and 2012 were pretty highly lauded as well. The Al Young is second to none, I think, in total, like, clout. If there's a Four Roses product that somebody's like, oh, I want to get that. They want to get the Al Young limited edition, which Brian has somehow procured, uh, which is an unbelievably good-looking bottle. Like four roses, yeah, beautiful skin. on the shelf for sure. Great job! This is actually a very old design that they resurrected for this release, and uh, they done good with the design. And then apparently they done good <laughs> with the whiskey.
1: Read the back of that; it tells it not the whole back, but it yeah. does break down the specs of what what the recipes are in here
0: yeah so it's 12 year obsf 15 year obsk 23 year obsv so that's three high rye whiskeys and then 13 year oesb so 12 Mm. year minimum 23 year maximum the flavor notes you know what i'm not gonna read these i'm gonna i'll read them after we pull flavor notes good well i still got water you you pour and then i will pour modest i will be modest so, Brian, thank you. This is Cheers, a, sir. This is a pleasure, for sure.
1: Now, again, I mean, try and reset, though. I mean, like, don't, yeah. don't yeah. have, like,
0: hype yeah. driving yeah. You
1: your, your, your palate. Do a little reset and then, like, go into that nose a yeah. little bit.
0: Uh, almost 108 proof. So 53.8% alcohol by volume. So 107.6 proof on a very well-aged Four Roses blend. Uh, the alcohol is almost non-existent on the nose. Honey and jasmine, yeah. So very. very I like lovely. that you pull that jasmine. I that's a that's
1: a straight coffee. Yes, it is term right there. But it's but it, that's what it is though. I mean, it's definitely like got a a fresh bouquet. Like if you go to a flower truck, or if you were to walk into a, a florist, yeah. That like that bit that first whiff you get. But it, not it, like it is.
0: grandma. No, not no, 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 like, no. It's not
1: like <laughs> potpourri. It's not like old mothball anything like that. Yeah. Mean, it is it is fresh floral for sure.
0: Al Young, uh, this was actually celebrating his 50th anniversary of being with Four Roses, Total Four Roses legend. Like, what did he have? Pretty much every job. With Senior brand ambassador is kind of like what his
1: That's where he role ended. was for yeah. a while. I mean, yeah, he, he had done a lot of things and he just, yeah, you know really knew and loved Four Roses. Yeah, so,
0: so they actually, thankfully they were able to release this while he was still alive. He passed away not long after this bottle was released. So uh, pretty cool when a brand celebrates somebody who's just worked. I mean, here's the deal. I don't think he was, a, yeah, he was never a master distiller. That was not his deal. Correct? Correct. Correct. All right, good. I want to make to sure my knowledge, I mean, I don't it. want to say factually, yeah. but so he was with Seagram's, which became then Four Roses, you know, ownership and all that for 50 years um and uh he kind of reached his peak as the distillery manager in lawrenceburg um for four roses so never like a master distiller but very operational type dude before he became a uh, brand manager in his later years
1: and i tell you what was super special for me is during you know i'm in the four Roses mellow moments and so that when they released the small batch select event, um, my dad and I were able to go to that event, which was kind of special. I, you know, I don't not don't spend a ton of time with my dad in that regard, but he also likes whiskey, so it was a nice thing to do together. You know, to take to this event at Four Roses, and uh, you know, able to meet Al there and just have a brief moment of like talking to his wife about how much like it it meant to him to like just be a part of Four Roses and to see like people experience this bottle that he was a part of and to see his excitement over it and she told me the story of like when he came home like with like after he first got to taste the final product or something like that and just like hearing your you know, this guy's wife of who knows how many years like, just to be able to remember a moment like that of his of her husband is just, just kind of tender. And, like, when I think about pours like this, when I think about the way that Al Young, you can go back and, like, look up interviews and either in text or on video, you know, he'll describe this pour the same way that you would read it, like, on the back of the bottle in terms of, like, the notes, I'm not going to say them, but that, that he will say. And, you know, you'll hear us talk about whiskey, young whiskey or old whiskey or whatever, and, and to, to hit on something I talked about a little bit yesterday, when I think about whiskey and what I what I, I think is lacking in younger whiskey too, sure, the flavor. I mean, that's just, that's just there. But like what I appreciate so much about whiskey that doesn't often come across is like being able to taste something that takes people back to memories like in Kentucky or something, right? I mean, when he describes this pour, I mean, I think about it visually when I'm driving away from Lawrenceburg, when I'm driving away from Bargetown, when I'm going through the windy roads in Kentucky, when you're going past the cornfields, when the sun is setting, when you can just smell this fresh, crisp air, those tangible things like that that are like memories captured and put in a glass, that to me is like what a perfect whiskey is and like what the purpose of sharing. And like, I think... This is one of, of only a few that I've been able to have that really like, lock that up into a capsule.
0: That was well said. That was beautiful. <laughs> Which, yeah, I'm still getting just sweet. Sweet floral, but it's big sweet and big floral. It's quite lovely. I've I haven't done, tasted it oh yet. Oh, man.
1: I'm sorry. I couldn't stop it. I had to go into it.
0: No, no it's fine. I'm going to go now. am <laughs> just going to sit with it, guys. You know. <laughs> Like, I don't want to over-describe it. almost ruins it sometimes.
1: It, like, is it... And it's one of those pores that, you know, I mean, the nose is great. It's another yeah. one you could sit with. You go to the palate, you taste the palate, and then going back to the nose, somehow it has unlocked all, like, a bunch of new stuff.
0: Like, there's zero offense. Like, the alcohol, it feels like you're drinking whiskey still. But it... I don't know that, like, to me, it's like, oh, is it better than the small batch, that the 2019? Well, the 2019 small batch is really, really good. This is also really, really good. So I don't really want to compare the two. This is, but I will. <laughs> mm-hmm. This is more mellow. For, for sure. sure. For sure. But it's also, like, the difference between drinking a cup of coffee and drinking uh, a green tea. You know, like the cup of coffee is going to pack more of a wallop. Like it's going to hit your palate more. Whereas the green tea is going to have a lot more like delicate flavor notes. And uh, or it's like it, for us coffee people, it's like drinking, a you know, a medium roast Guatemalan coffee versus drinking a light roast Geisha. You know, the medium roast Guatemalan coffee can have a lot of really positive f- flavor notes that I would love. But then a light roast Geisha coffee is going to have a lot of really delicate floral, um, Notes that you you just want to like sit and think about for a while. That's that's the way I'm kind of contrasting these two.
1: Yeah, and it, it might have been interesting to go from Al to the 19. I really enjoy the 19, and I feel like it tastes like an like an older whiskey than it than it is. Now again, it's hard to say. It does have older whiskey, and it. it is a blend, but it doesn't taste necessarily like modern made whiskey to me. But I don't notice. What i'm about to say as much going into the al young but if i were to come backwards um it's a little rougher on the edges the brightness is a little bit more harsh it's a little bit brash um and i feel like that's noticeable because al young is just so i don't say refined yeah that's a
0: good word it it is polished it's
1: refined there is a lot of nuance
0: yeah and i mean i've got zero flavor notes beside um uh, so we have we just recently brought in a coffee blossom honey from Onyx, not Onyx coffee roasters, Onyx coffee producers in Guatemala. And that honey is it's just really highly curated, amazing uh, honey that is like bees that have pollinated with coffee blossoms mm-hmm. that make this honey. And this is kind of that level of floral sweetness, and kind of coffee blossom aromatics. Actually, that's a pretty good. Uh, have you been to Origin? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's so, got like an orange, but kind of like a orange blossom kind of way. Yeah. Wearing. I mean, the floral. You can't get past the floral. This is one of the most floral whiskeys I've ever had, and it's sweet, but not perfumed. Right. Right. That is an important like distinction. All of it's the, like like honeysuckle th- and magnolia. Like think about like these blossoms that are just like oh that smells freaking good.
1: Right. And and strangely enough, and not that we're gonna keep. Arguing floral, but not not perfumed, but also not like fresh floral from the nose. It's still a slightly different floral. So it's floral, even in a, in a unique way, from kind of that you get on the nose, too.
0: Yeah, it was really good. Bottom line, very good. Um, worth the hype, probably.
1: Real well balanced oak in there, yeah. too. It's got, yeah, just kind of like chocolate kind of lingering, too. Like it's almost like yeah. I had a Tootsie Roll an hour ago. I'm still tasting it.
0: Yeah, slippery. This one has a... Whereas the, the finish on the uh, limited edition small batch was... Uh, it was there, but it was dry. The finish on this is not dry. It's very slippery in, in your mouth hole. Um, yeah. just uh, you, you could drink a lot of that. You'd have to be careful if you had a bottle of it. because mm-hmm. you could pound it
1: fast. Yeah, very easy.
0: Yeah. So you have to force yourself to drink it slow. Yeah, that was quite good. All right, let's read what uh, what they said about this release. Hand-selected by Al to celebrate the occasion of his 50 years. This barrel-strength small batch greets you with bright vanilla and magnolia blossom aromas, balanced by raspberry, fig, ripe cherry. I did not get the heavy, heavy fruit. I mean, you can pull out, like, suggestions of dried fruit, like, uh, essences like, of fruit, uh, rich oak, Yes, it definitely had rich oak. Finish is long and smooth, yes. Coating the palate with honey, yes. Cinnamon, maybe a tiny bit. Just a hint of spearmint, yeah, for sure. I get a little minty, a little bit of minty on there. Yeah, cool. That is, it's a special bottle, for sure. Four roses, guys. We're capping off our Four Roses breakdown with Al Young. Limited release. And I hope they do more commemorative releases. Like, their small batch uh, L.E.s are are awesome. Um, You know, there's not a ton of them, but they tend to run in the 15,000 bottle range. Right. So whenever somebody drops an extra limited edition, like, yeah, let's get more (laughs) limited editions because they're so good. Um, You know, feed the the beast, feed the bourbon geeks. Right. Um, but now it's been a few years. We'll see if they drop something else.
1: Well, And then this leads to tasting through these. And, and again, after tasting some stuff at Barchtown Bourbon Company earlier today, I don't know. I don't know if it's in a phase. I don't know if it's something that people are not about, but like being able to try some of these, limited or not, but people who are masterfully making blends, um, I don't want to say it's something that you aren't getting in a single barrel expression or whatever, but man, I just love when you're able to trust a, a brand. Mm. And they put together a product that just hits, you know, if you know that you align with them in various ways through the other products that they have that, you know, you're able to find blends that just seem to be made for, for your enjoyment.
0: Four Roses hits every year. Uh, so I was, you know, I follow the other bloggers and it, it's, you know, the dad's drinking bourbon, Fred Minnick, Bourbon Pursuit guys pretty much everybody's like year after year, Four Roses, you could bank on their limited edition drops. Whereas, you know, from batch to batch with Booker's, even, you know, there's some disagreement with things like George C. Stagg and then let alone you get into the Sazerac releases or you get into the Parker's Heritage. You know, there's like years on years and off years and on years and off years. It seems like every year's an on year with a Four Roses limited edition drop by and large the moral of this whole story has been that four roses is a product you should never sleep on it's fantastic and you know one of the things we want to do on the entry proof podcast and we want to do through you know the youtube channel is share rad whiskey with you guys let you know what's crushing and of course like is al young can you go out and get it no you cannot but the bottom line is, you can go out and find the Four Roses single-barrel picks. You have to be aware of what's out there. Like, you have to go from store to store and know when it's dropping in your area, but you should be able to get it. And then one of the things that I'd like to do soon is actually take some of the Four Roses picks I have at home, I'd love to see what you do, and actually have a contest of who can blend a better oh, that'd be fun. Four Roses. Yeah, I mean, that, that
1: is the, the not-spoken thing that is fun about having different recipes, is then you can make your own 4 infinity and mix that stuff up. Yeah, and, you know, you just kind of see what a little bit of this and a little bit of that does putting it together. I mean, it, it works for these. I imagine it would work for some listening barrels too. Uh,
0: appreciate you guys tuning in to this episode of the Entry Proof Podcast. For sure, this has been a great tasting. Uh, make sure you stay tuned because we got a lot more content coming and we'll be releasing audio versions of these podcasts here in the days ahead. Stay healthy, stay safe, guys. And remember to keep it neat.
1: Cheers.